Truth Dealer Radio is listener supported. If you are led to support this ministry, there is a way to do that at truthdealer-radio.com. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio, where no matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. I'm Brian Moonen, and I'm sounding the alarm, asking you to wake up and join the battle for truth. The truth is God's word, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. Praise the Lord. Welcome back. We're in the battle for truth right here on Truth Dealer Radio. Once again, today's show is about God himself. And I want to, first of all, start out by praising God and thanking God for saving my soul. It's been about 18 years, right around this time of year, since I've gotten saved uh, in 2004. And I praise the Lord for that. And as I look back, it's a miracle upon miracle upon miracle of his grace, his saving grace and his truth, his light coming in and his sanctifying power and his faithfulness. And again, just his truth, the knowledge of his truth and of his love and of his omnipotence, of his goodness, of his long-suffering, his loving-kindness. I cannot praise the Lord enough for all his attributes, and I do not want to leave any attributes out. That was not an exhaustive list. But part of what we're talking about today gets into God, who he is, and his character, what he can and cannot do, and what he will and will not do. And that's why the name of the show might shock some people, but this show is called God Kills. I recently had a discussion with someone, and I mentioned about all the sudden deaths, all the people that are dying. We've talked about some of the reasons for that on some past shows. And I happen to mention a lot of this, we're seeing God's judgment also. For whatever reason, when you die, my point was, you can't die unless God ordains that time for you to die. God has taken his hands off of you. You pass away. You don't die without God letting go. Our soul is in his hands. Our life is being held together by God. Nobody is alive unless God wants them to be alive. And this is in the Bible. And the person argued with me and said that we have free will and stuff. And I was trying to say, hey, you know, I'm not breathing right now because of my free will. I can't will myself to be alive. That's pretty prideful. Yes, we can make choices, but you still won't die if God doesn't want to allow it. God Almighty is on the throne. He kills and he makes alive, the Bible says. We're going to look at all these verses. And my main point I want to make is that if God wants to kill a person, it's just. He's allowed to do that. He is God. Colossians 1, 16 through 17 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones 
or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Get that, and by him all things consist. Because no one dies unless God allows them to die. It can't happen unless God allows it. Like with Job, he said, you could do this and you can do that, but you can't take his life. God drew the line. And God always draws the line. He's the author and the finisher of all life. He is the creator. He sustains it all. He upholds it all. And he is in control of when a person lives or dies. That's why when someone is in trouble, they better ask God for protection. Cry out to the Lord. You don't cry out to yourself and say, Oh, self, free will, help me so I don't drown. Now, this show is not about why God would judge a person or whether or not he judged a specific person or when and all this jazz. This is only about can God do this? Will God do this? May he? Has he? Will he continue to? Is this part of God's character or not? Is this something God is allowed to do or not? That is what this show is about. It's not about judging, oh, Jim died last week. I think God struck him dead. That's not our job. But all I'm saying is if the person is gone, they're gone because God allowed them to be gone. Amen. Because their soul returns to him and it goes one of two places, heaven or hell, depending on if you're born again and saved and bought back by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, whether or not you put your faith and all your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, repent and believe the gospel, that he died for your sins on the cross, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day. So I just want to give God glory for who he is and talk about this because we're not supposed to be second-guessing when God can do this or, or do that. He is God, remember? He's almighty God, and he's done wonderful, amazing, terrible, and frightful things in the earth. Psalm 47.2 says, For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. Obviously, this word terrible is not used in today's sense. This is mean to be feared, to be in awe of, to be in astonishment of, to inspire reverence or godly fear. Okay? He has the ability to terrify with his power. And he is to receive all the glory for who he is. Everything he always ever does is just and righteous. He doesn't make mistakes. He does not sin. He does not lie, and he does not change. Malachi 3.6, God says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. God says he does not change. So remember that as we read all the other verses. God says he does not change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 
Does he have different plans and different purposes going on at different times? Yes, he's God and he can do as he wants. The point is, what is God capable of? What is part of his job, if you will? What does he do? What does he do and what does he not do? And the presumptuous attitude to say that he will not kill someone, whether they're saved or not, it's all up to God what to do, when to do it. And it doesn't mean he's not loving. It doesn't mean he's not just. It just means he's God. And his ways are higher than our ways. And we need to submit to that and understand who he is. He, he deserves to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And part of the truth is that God kills. It's capital punishment sometimes, and it's just 100% just, 100% righteous. Praise God. Job 12, 9 through 10 says, Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? Read it one more time. In whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? Your next breath is in God's hands. Your life is in God's hands. You don't take your next breath without his permission, without his blessing. That verse alone proves that nobody dies without God having his hand in it. No one. God is in control. God is the one who is in control of life and death. Deuteronomy 6, 13 through 15. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are around about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Wow, that's a warning. One of the reasons to fear the Lord is because he can destroy you, whether you're saved or lost. God can end your little show. You're only alive by God. His, by, by God's mercy are we alive and walking on this earth and given one more day. Not because we're fancy, we're smart, we're strong, we're healthy and all this. It's by God's grace and by God's mercy that you take the next breath. We are supposed to fear the Lord. Proverbs 29.1 He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Well, that's God's right to do that. Some person who's been warned a thousand times to repent and believe on the gospel of Jesus Christ and then something happens, boom, and they're snuffed out instantly. Is that God's judgment? I don't know, but it could be. It could be. And God is within, well within, his righteousness, his holiness, his justice to bring that judgment because he's God and we're not. Whether it's a wicked person in our eyes or some sweet little old lady, God knows what's really going on and he knows what time it is. And when it's time, it's time. 
Deuteronomy 32, 39 through 43. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. For I lift up my hand to heaven and I say, I live forever. If I wet my glittering sword and mine hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies and will reward them that hate me. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh and that with the blood of the slain and of the captives from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. Praise God. Now, I just got to go back to the first part of that, verse 39. I'm going to read it again. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. Okay, that's, oh, that's God's word. That's God speaking. That is God talking about himself. This isn't all about the future. This is not only about the end of time when Jesus Christ comes back to judge his enemies, which involves killing. This is a general statement. God said, I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. That means if God's got your number and it's time for you and your number is up, nobody's taking you away from that danger. You're done because God says it's time and you're done. Because God is God. God is all-powerful. Praise the Lord. This is something to praise God for. He's so powerful. He's so in control. And our life is a gift from God. And that is why we need to submit to his plan, to his power, to his character, to his holiness. Amen. And say, God, it's your plan. Praise God. God said it out of his own mouth. He said, I kill. So that's why the name of the show, God Kills, is biblical. God said it. God does not change. And some of the people who might argue with this, they're not against capital punishment in an earthly sense, but you don't want God to be allowed to be the judge of the universe. I mean, God is God. God is the ultimate judge. Of course he can kill somebody. We're nothing. We're dust. Job one twenty one. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Okay, now let's rewind. Job just lost all his kids. His kids died. And God had allowed the devil to go and tempt Job and do these things the kids got killed in the storm, right? So some people would say, well, the devil killed his kids. 
No, Job said that God took away his kids. And the word of God says that Job did not sin and he did not charge God foolishly. That means he was right. God did take them away. It was a trial that was coming to be upon Job in his life. And God allowed it to happen. He did not charge God foolishly. He was right. God took away. God gives life and God can take away life. Amen. Yes, the devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But now without God's allowance, for this time being that we're in, the devil is the prince of this world, so to speak. God is allowing him to have certain control over things. But God has the ultimate control over all. The devil cannot do just whatever he wants. God works all things together for good to them that love God. Romans 8, 28. God knows how to manifest these things and make things work out. He's allowing this. He's not allowing that. And that's not for me to understand all of it, but that is what God can do because he's God. He is in control. Amen. He didn't just wind up the world and sit back and watch a show. He knows the beginning from the end. He brings the end to pass. Isaiah 46, 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Now, Genesis six seventeen says, And behold, I, even I, this is God speaking, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Well, that's God killing every person on the earth except for eight people. You want to try to tell me that God doesn't kill? Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise you, Lord. God is worthy. Amen. Well, you say that was the Old Testament. That was different. Some things were different, but God wasn't different. God is God. God changes not. He created everything. He is in charge of what is happening. Acts 12, 21 through 24. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Praise God. God judged him on the spot. The angel of the Lord smote him. 1 Corinthians 3.16-17 through 17 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 
If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Now here we have an example of the consequences of sin, okay? But even for believers, this option is on the table for God. He can take a believer and take him away and take him home because if, if he's in sin or for whatever reason God wants. Actually, it doesn't have to be because he's in sin. It can be because it's his time. God takes him away and people say, he died too young. Well, it must have been his time in God's perfect plan, in God's perfect ways that are higher than our ways that we don't always understand. But it didn't happen because the devil got the better of God. It happened because God allowed it to happen. And sometimes it can be to do with sin. Like this verse here, it's a warning. It's a warning. Don't defile the temple of God. Because God can destroy you. In this context, it's not talking about hell. It's talking about physical destruction. Now, if you think back to the Garden of Eden... This is one of the most important aspects of this, okay? Adam was warned directly by God not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, Genesis 2, 16 through 17, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, because we have free will, Eve was deceived and Adam sinned. Adam sinned. Adam's sin reflected down on the entire race of mankind, the seed of Adam, all are condemned. We're condemned already, the Bible says. We're condemned. We're dead in our sin. So we're already dead in our sin when we're born. And this was something that God knew was going to happen before the foundation of the world. And he allowed his creation to go through this so he could demonstrate his love and his holiness and his salvation power by his glory, by his grace, by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is God manifest in the flesh, who never sinned, who died on the cross, who was buried, who rose again, demonstrating his sacrifice was accepted by God, and he has power over life and death. Raised from the dead forevermore to live eternally glorified. God allowed all this to take place. It's not exactly a non-heavy thing to understand. But this is why predestination is a word in the Bible. When God created the world... He knew mankind would fall. He knew Jesus Christ was going to be sent forth to save us. The whole plan was there. It's not plan B. And God knew. He knew 
He foreknew God is outside time. God is almighty. God is omnipotent. He knew that most people who ever lived on the face of the earth would die and go to hell. Most people go to hell. Matthew 7, 13 through 14, Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. God is the author of life. God holds our soul and our breath in his hand. All life, all life, by him all things consist. Colossians 1.17. You know how important it is that Jesus had to come and die on the cross for our sins. Matthew 26.31. And who ordained that? Who ordained that death on the cross? Whose plan was it? Matthew 26.31. Then saith Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Isaiah 53, 3 onward, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs, and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Praise the Lord. That's God's plan. That's God's lamb, the holy, sinless lamb of God, went to the cross for us, obeyed the Father. 
He said, not my will, thy will be done. That was the Father's will. Someone had to die in our place. The last Adam, the new Adam, the holy, true brother, the faithful son, the master of all, Jesus Christ, the high priest, and the sacrifice. He's the door and the way. He's everything. Praise the Lord. But that was God's plan, and it involved the Lord dying on the cross. And three days later, he rose again. Praise God. As God said, I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Praise God. God gets the glory for all of it. But it is in God's purview and in his prerogative and in his power to end life. That's all I wanted to talk about because there's a debate in this day and age, I guess. People say because free will exists that it has nothing to do with God killing it. I don't understand that. But I wanted to bring this out because obviously there's people out there who are confused. And this involves God's character. And I know there's a day coming when Jesus Christ comes back. There's going to be folks getting killed. And they're going to get killed by the Lord. He's coming to judge the quick and the dead. He's coming to judge. And the ultimate judgment at the very end, he's going to throw them into the lake of fire. The second death where they will be in eternal damnation, eternal death. Instead of the eternal life that he offers by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. There's a great contrast, there's a great power, a spiritual war going on. Now, I pray you can hear the truth and come to the Lord. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to call out to him and ask him to save your soul. I thank you for listening. I hope you tune in again next time. God bless you all. Be strong in the Lord.